Oh, yeah. Who loves the Berg? We love the Berg. We love our community, and we love what God is doing here through us. You know, as we continue on this message here, I have to share a little bit of a story. When I was in junior high, I grew up on the other side of Pittsburgh in the North Hills area. And in junior high, it was Valentine's Day dance time. And you know how it is when you're in junior high, you get those little butterflies, those goosey-gooseys for, for that girl down, a couple of lockers down. And I was working my skills because I wanted a date for Valentine's Day dance. And it took me all day, like all day I was thinking about it. I was working my, my mojo up. I was getting it all ready. And finally, after eighth period, I got enough guts. I went a few lockers down, and I asked her if she would be my girlfriend. And she said yes. And I was blown away. I was flabbergasted. It was awesome. I had a girlfriend. That was pretty cool. And so I was so excited. So I did what every studly junior high boy does when he has a girlfriend. He goes to the Hallmark store to get her a gift. Right? That's what guys do, right? So I went to the Hallmark store and I got her this nice little fluffy teddy bear to bring to give her at the Valentine's Day dance. And that night I got to the dance and I walked down the hallway at the school and there she was. And right as she saw me and saw the teddy bear, her words were no joke. Oh, I wish she didn't get that. Why? It really wasn't that big of a deal. And she goes, listen, it's really not going to work out. It's only been three hours. <laughs> what do you mean? How could you figure that out already? She did give me a dance. Isn't that nice of her? We'll give her that credit. Rejection. How many of you have dealt with rejection? I bet it's safe to assume at some point in your journey, every one of us in some moment has been rejected. You know what it feels like. And let's flip the coin a little bit because I bet it's safe to assume that the majority, if not everybody in this room, has not only been the one who was rejected, but you've also at some point in your life has been the one who has given the rejection. We do it all the time. Whether we realize it or not, we have a tendency to reject people, maybe without even knowing it, whether it be social status, political status, maybe it's just the way they act or whatever it may be, we have a pretty good tendency at rejecting people in our life. And did you know that all rejection does is create separation? And when we separate ourselves from others, it is pretty hard to offer the love that God has called us to share. And so many times in the in, churches tend to be in the community, but they're not really a part of the community. And my friends, there is a significant difference between the two. Our country, our world does not need more churches who are just in the community. Our country and our world needs more churches who are willing to take the step and say, we are not just going to exist in this community, we are going to be an active part of this community. And that's what we strive to do here at Impact. You know why? Because we love our community. And we want the love of God to be shared with everybody we have come into contact with. That's why we strive to do what we do. There's a, we, we want to be what God has called us to be. And as the church, we are called to love. That is the framework 
of what God has called us to be and to do is love. And love is investing our lives, everything we are, in other people. That's what love is. You saw this verse last week. This is our theme verse for this series, Love the Berg. But look at it again. In Romans 12, it's written, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. I love the end of that verse as it says, when people are in need to be ready. Don't overlook those words. Our lives as followers of Christ should always be ready to help those in need. We should never be surprised when we come across a need. Because if we're truly following Christ, every moment we are awake, moving, and doing whatever we're doing, we should always be ready to meet the needs when they come. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be identifying the fact that we love the Berg. And today, we really want to highlight the reality that we love our community. You know, our desire here at Impact is to unleash compassion, which begins by loving our community. Yet a common nature for us is to think that we're elite. We're all that. We're something great because of what God has done for us. You know, in the world of sports, the common discussion that you tend to see on all the different networks is the big discussion of which player is the GOAT. Have you heard that phrase before? It is the greatest of all time. And in our society, we're so focused on who is the greatest of all time, whether it be in sports, in our workplace, or wherever it may be, we're so focused on that. And in sports, maybe it's because of their on-field abilities or whatever it might be that players tend to become untouchable. And maybe in our own way, we act like that too. And we just kind of keep people at a distance. But you know what? We can't allow those walls to be built. Did you know in the Old Testament, God was kind of like the goat. I mean, he is the goat. But in the Old Testament, he was the untouchable. You see, because of our own shortcomings, give you a really fast-forward overview of uh, Bible history— We separated ourselves from God because of our shortcomings, because of our own sin. This created this divide. God's greatest heart is to have community with us. So he came into the world with an idea of he created his own mobile home known as the tabernacle. You know, and so the tabernacle just moved from place to place. It was God's presence in this world. Fast forward a little bit more in the history of the church. Then they established themselves in Israel and he developed the temple. The temple was God's living and dwelling place in this world. Fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus came. Jesus died on the cross. The temple curtain torn in two, signifying that God's presence was now with us. And we can be with God for all, um, for all time and for every day of our life. And there we were with the ability to have God's presence with us. And in Hebrews 4, it's written... For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. There's a phrase in there, in that verse, that I just love. 
In English, in this verse, it's written as who is unable to empathize. But did you know the Greek in that verse is actually translated as to feel with? The beauty in this word is that Jesus, the high priest, he's been there. He's done that. He's walked the same walk that you have walked, that I have walked. He's journeyed in this world just like we have journeyed. He's, he's suffered the consequences of this world. He's felt the heartache, the pain, the temptations. He's been there. He knows what's going on in your life. And you know what? He understands you. He gets you. And no matter what mistakes you may have made, he loves you because his greatest desire is to have community with you and community with me, with all of us. There is no shame of our past that could ever separate us from his greatest desire to have community with us. That's why Jesus came into this world. And you know what? That same desire, that same heart that he has for us as followers of him, he wants us to have that same heart for others. Because the Bible is crystal clear, we were created for community. That is the heart of God, to have community with us and for us to have community with others. And Jesus, in his journey in this world, gave some great examples of how we can take those steps as well. You know, you have a sheet in front of you that you can take notes on. If you are, are also tech savvy, you can use the Version app and see the live event there if you want to follow along with the notes. But here are some great examples that we learn from Christ. The first is this. Jesus engaged the community. He engaged the community. Jesus was a man who came into this world. You know, what's so amazing about him is Jesus was spiritual. He was God. He had everything you could ever imagine. But he left his throne in heaven to be with us. And not just be with us, to become one of us. Isn't that amazing? I mean, what king, what world leader could you ever imagine just showing up at your house and saying, Hey, I just want to hang out with you today. If you know one, let me know, because I've never seen them. But you know who did? Jesus did. All throughout the Gospels, he went to the home of sinners, people who the world said were despicable and, and, and detestable. Jesus hung out with them. You know why? Because his greatest heart is to build community, and so he engaged them. You know, one of the famous verses of, of Scripture, you probably have heard it, John three sixteen says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I love this verse. And you know what has a tendency? Because this verse is so used throughout our society to proclaim God's love to us, which is a great thing, we tend to overlook the significance that is within this verse because it's become so common to us. But don't allow the common nature of this verse to cause you to miss out on the significance what are within these words. Check this out. The Bible says that for God so loved the world. Did you know that the foundation of compassion is love? 
God loved us so much that he actually wanted to come and live with us. He actually wanted to come and hang out with us. How much do you love your community? I mean, let's be honest. How much do you love the people who are all around you? Oh, we can say it with our words, but sometimes our actions may speak differently. Just in how we treat them. Just in how they tend to annoy us when we see them walking down the street. But how much do you really love those around you? You know, that's what God showed to us. His love was everything. And he asked us to share that same love. And then the Bible says, because of that love, he gave. I love this word, these words. He gave. Did you know that loving our community means that we need to be an active part of the community? You know, there are two types of community dwellers. There are two types that every one of us falls in one of these two categories. There are either those who live within the community who expect the community exists to meet their needs. Or there are those who live in the community and say, you know what, I don't, you're not here to, to meet my needs. I am here to meet your needs. Where do you fall into that? Because we have too many people in our society that has a tendency to say, this world owes me something. No, it doesn't. We exist. God has called us to say, you know what? I'm not just here so the world can give to me. I exist so that I can share his love to this world. I owe something. I want to be a part of it. There's a significant difference between the two. And all of us, every one of us, myself included, is guilty to be in this camp. To act like this world and this community owes me something. And just sit back and be a taker of the community rather than being what God called me to be a giver to those that are around me. The more as a people that follow God, the more that we can be givers, watch out world. Watch what God can do through us. Jesus loved us so he gave. Understand something. He is king. And whenever you are in a king's presence, don't they deserve the honor? Don't they deserve to be the one to let me sit on my throne and you provide for me? Absolutely. But yet this king put all that aside and said, I don't want that. I am coming to give to you. How amazing is that? And he calls us to follow that example. And you see what he gave? His one and only son. This is sacrifice. This is not giving a, of my extra what is easy for me. This is sacrifice. And God sacrificed his most cherished thing, his son. For you. For me. And please don't overlook the reality of this, this moment. If you were the only person in this whole wide world, Jesus would still go to that cross. Why? 
because that's how much he loves you. He sacrificed everything. Living in community means that I am willing to give up what I want. It means I'm willing to give up what I feel I need for what is best for those around me. That is what it means to live in community. And so often communities fall apart. Why? Because we more act with selfishness about it's for me and what I want rather than what can I do for you. I am willing to put aside what I want or what I need for the sake of others. And God did this. God, through his love, sacrificed so greatly so that he could provide hope, so that he could provide an opportunity um, for us, for eternal life, to be in community with him forever and forever. And he wants us to do do the same. As the church, we are a community called to unleash compassion so that we can be a bridge towards the heart of God, towards his hope, towards the opportunity to be in community with him. You know, as Jesus engaged the community, secondly, we see that he was moved with compassion to meet needs. He was moved with compassion to meet needs. In other words, compassion is what motivated Jesus towards actions. And as you read through Jesus' story, you will see abundantly clear that He was overwhelmed with compassion for his community. Every time he was out and about, when he saw a need, he paused to meet the need. Jesus always was action-oriented with his compassion. He did not allow the restrictions of this world to hinder him. Whether it was tiredness, whether whether the excuse of I'm too busy, or maybe it might be religiously inappropriate, whatever the excuses might be, Jesus did not allow these excuses to persuade him He was moved by compassion. And what it all boiled down to was the community. People were his priority. What's your priority? What motivates you? How much do you truly love and care for all those who are around you? You know, Jesus is constantly moved towards action and love. And in Mark chapter 1, we encounter an amazing story that reveals Jesus being moved by his compassion. You see, in this moment, there's this man with leprosy that came running towards Jesus. And please understand the reality of leprosy. It was a despicable illness of that time. In fact, when someone was plagued with this illness, they became outcasts in society. No one wanted to be around them. In fact, there were specific leprosy camps that the people would have to go to outside of town. Nobody wanted to be around them. No one wanted to interact with them. Nobody wanted to touch them. And so here this man was, desperately seeking just attention, desperately just seeking something and some hope in his life. And there was Jesus. And as Jesus came walking down, this man just shouts out, Jesus! If you are just so willing, will you, will you help me? If you're just willing to stop for a moment. And in these words, in Mark chapter 1, verse 41, Jesus, it says, was moved with compassion. He reached out and he touched him and said, I am willing. Be healed. Jesus was moved with compassion to heal the man. But you know what I really love in this verse? It says Jesus reached out. He touched him. 
Just imagine the brokenness that this man has been living with for I don't know how long. To, to be outcasted. To just, when you come in, just you see everybody's body language and they don't want to even look at you. I mean, how, how broken could this man have been? And here was the most popular man in society who stopped and he touched him. My friends, that's compassion. That is love. How much with your compassion are you willing to do what seems to be unacceptable in our society and just love the unlovable? Jesus did. Jesus did. And he's calling for us to do the same. Jesus cared about people. He cared about the community. And because of that, he always found a way to meet their needs. But understand this. Whenever Jesus met needs, it was not just to heal the people. Jesus' primary focus was not to heal this man with leprosy. That was not his primary focus. You know what his primary focus was? It was to reveal his love. It was to reveal his power to guide this man and everybody else in that moment towards the heart of God. When you see miracles occur in the Bible, they occur to guide people towards God's heart. That is the real need. You see, my friends, God calls us to meet felt needs, to guide people towards real needs. If all we do is meet felt needs but never guide them towards the real need of Jesus, there's still always going to be a gap within their own heart. There's still always going to be something missing. That's what Jesus did. And he calls us to do the same and follow that and not overlook the heart of who he is, the compassion that guides towards action. Thirdly, Jesus was moved with compassion to welcome them. To welcome them. Here's another amazing story in Jesus' journey in this world. It's a famous miracle as he fed 5,000 people in that moment. And please understand, this moment was just after his cousin, John the Baptist, was killed. And Jesus was tired and broken with grief and just wanted to get away from everything. And we see this in Luke chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. Then he slipped quietly with them toward the town of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going, and they followed him. And he welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. You know, Mark 6 of this same story, it says that Jesus had compassion on them, and that's what motivated him. But I love the words in Luke 9. Cannot overlook the significance of this moment. As it says, Jesus welcomed them. Understand it. Jesus in this moment was a man with grief because a cousin was killed. In this moment, Jesus was a man who was completely exhausted by society and by constantly running around. He was exhausted emotionally and he was exhausted physically. All he wanted was to get away and have some downtime and then 5,000 people came up to him. He could have ran and hid. He could have found somewhere else to go. But the Bible says he welcomed them. That's compassion. You know what I see this as? 
you know, if someone would come and knock on the door at my house, you know what my wife and I would strive to do? We would strive to open the door, maybe bring you in and see if you want a cup of coffee or, or, or a glass of water or something. We would try our very best to make you feel like you were at home, to make you feel like you belong here. You know what I see this building as? I see this building as my home. That every time someone walks through those doors, whether it be for a church service or to come play during the week at the community center, I see it as they're walking into my home. In the same way that I want to treat you if you walked into my home, my heart is to treat you the same way. I want to meet you at the door. I want to welcome you to this place. I want to maybe take you and treat you to a cup of coffee or get a drink in the cafe. I want to show you around so you know where everything's at in the facilities. I want you to feel like you belong. Why don't you do the same thing? Every time you're in this place, what if you treated this like it was your house? That every time you saw someone walk through those doors, you would make sure that, I want to welcome them. I want to make sure that they feel significant. I want to make sure that they feel like they belong. Because they do. What if you welcome them like Jesus welcomed them. What if we did that as a church? You know, in our world, we do a pretty good job at developing barriers with other people. We do. And it happens so naturally. And to be honest, I think every one of us in some level are guilty of this, where we just build walls with other people Maybe it's denominational reasons. Maybe it's racial. Maybe it's social class. Maybe it's political reasons. Or, or whatever it may be, we just build these walls. And my friends, if we truly want to follow Christ, if we truly want to follow what he did with his compassion and his love, we've got to tear down the walls. We can't have walls if we want to be his hands and feet in this world we got to put those excuses away. We've got to be God's compassion and love in this world. You know, going back to John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the world. Everything about who God is and what he does is centered around his love. Podcaster and blogger Carrie Newhoff says that God's love is the crux of the gospel. And if God so loved the world, he says, then those who claim to be Christians, those who claim to follow Christ, have no excuse to hate it. None whatsoever. Because God didn't. And if we want to love our community, then we need to understand who Jesus is, his heart, and follow his example of compassion we need to overcome the superficial barriers that we tend to put in our lives. God loves the world. God loves you. You know, our desire here to impact is to follow Jesus' example, to let God love us and love others through us. That's the desire of our heart here at Impact. And oftentimes we struggle with love simply because we have a hard time realizing how someone could actually love us. How we receive love affects our ability of how we pass love on. You know, 
an old Christian band called Seven Day, Seventh Day Slumber had a song that stated, it must have been some mistake because I'm not worth the price he paid. And I wonder how many of us struggle with those same words. We struggle with sharing love because we, honestly we struggle with receiving love. And what tends to happen when we look at John 3.16 is we enlarge to the bigger picture. Well, God loves the world, but we overlook the intimacy that God loves you. Try this exercise with me. Let's swap out the word world in that verse and put your name in. And say it with me. Let's say it all aloud together. All right? So for, so for God so loved Bill... And you put your name in, all right? So let's say it together. For God so loved Bill. Try it again. For God so loved Bill. God desperately, desperately, desperately loves you. Don't lose sight of that. Don't let this world tell you otherwise. Don't let people in this world knock you down so much that you miss out on the reality that the creator of everything that is loves you. He loves you. So much so that he went to the cross to die for you. This is who God is. And our ability to receive love affects our ability to reveal love. It just does. So know God loves you. 1 John 4, 19 says this, we love because he first loved us. That's why we love. That's why we do what we do. We love others because he loves us. It's that simple. This is the reality of humility. When I understand how significant the price was that Jesus paid for me, I cannot help it but to share it with others. I cannot help it but to pass it along. We did not deserve it, but God gave it to us anyways. That is grace. It's grace in action. You see, sometimes Christians struggle with the sense of being elite, but that's not humility. We love because God loved us, and through that we have a mission. Matthew 5.14 says that we are to be the light of the world. This, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. We should be so overwhelmed with his love that when people see us, they see him. This all happens with the ability to find joy in the midst of our circumstances. Contagious joy. You know what I truly love is and it has, doesn't happen all the time, but when circumstances of life happens and you still find the ability to have joy in your life and it causes people to come to you and say, how do you have that joy? Where do, where do you get that from? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Because this world's letting me down, but he never does. Joy is the reality of hope in our life hope that we've got to share. You see, our heart here is to unleash compassion and bring hope to our world, hope to our community. That is our heart here. That's why we do what we do. 
That's what the landing is all about. That's why we invested so much of our resources into this facility to reveal compassion in this broken world. That's what we strive to do what we do. You know, there's so many things happening here. So many things that have happened over the first year just to highlight some of the things. You know, we had mega sports and arts camp last year, which is coming up again. Last year we had over 175 kids that came for that event. We had Monster Bash that estimated around 2,000 people that came here to see the love and the hope of God. Last year we did mom stay and play groups that averaged 20 to 30 moms per week. We did movie nights and cafe nights. We do summer story times. We partnered with groups like Macaroni Kids and Soccer Shots and End Zone Sports to offer great programs for kids. Did you know there's a group that comes here on a weekly basis that offers free English second language classes for those in our community that need to know how to speak English and maybe get their GEDs? Um, we have mop groups. We have people that go to Light of Life to help the homeless downtown. We assist with Choices Pregnancy Center with the efforts to minister to um, ladies in crisis with unplanned pregnancies. We assist with women in Christian ministries to help other women in crisis. We have connected with the Acervo Project to combat the worldwide epidemic of human traffic, trafficking, which is a serious problem in our own back. Yard. Every hotel here is struggling with this problem, in case you did not know that. We have partnered with the Operation Strong Mind that offers a free X store at the landing to help meet the needs of veterans and military personnel, personnel that need assistance in different ways. And on any given week, we can have hundreds of people come here for business meetings, birthday parties, team practices, or just to hang out and play. Since we have opened up the landing, we have welcomed approximately 20,000 people into this facility. Is that awesome? And through all that, I've personally seen many people who have come here for business meetings that began to ask about the church and have connected with the church and connect and encountered Jesus in a personal way. I've seen families that have come here to play, to seek more about impact and who Jesus is. You know what I love? I love when we host business groups here at the landing. And when they come in and we're getting them set up and getting them all squared away, one thing I've loved to try to do with them is find the opportunity just to say, did you know this is a church? And you'll be amazed at then the conversations that leads to. Men and women who thought they were coming here just for a business meeting all of a sudden start saying, I've been looking for a church. Or, or I've been struggling with this. You never know what doors begin to open just by simply allowing God to use you, to use this place. This coming Friday, we have Ketchy from America's Got Talent in concert. My friends, I hope that you are here. It's going to be amazing, not just concert, but to hear her story, to be inspired by her story. Bring your friends. You can get um, your tickets on Eventbrite or just go on our Moon Facebook page. You can see the, the, the uh, information there. I hope to see you there. The bottom line is this. We love where we live, and we want to use this place to build community because that's the heart of God, and that's what we're striving to be. So are you looking for ways to use this building? Are you looking for ways that maybe you can be a part of building community? I hope you are. You want to know some great ways? If you're looking for a place to have your kid's birthday party, choose the landing. If you are looking for a place to grab coffee or lunch with a friend, choose the landing. If you're looking for a place of, for, for your place of employment to have a business meeting, 
offer the landing. If you're looking for a place just to play date with, with your friends and your community, choose the landing. Why? Why, Bill? Why would that make a difference? You know why? Because then when you bring those friends, you bring those groups into this place, you have the opportunity that I get to have on a weekly basis and just simply say, did you know this is my church? And just watch what God begins to do. Just watch what God does. He may close the door and that's okay. Or he may open a door that you never even knew was there for you to offer love and hope in their life. Just let God use you. Let the conversation go. Another great way, get one of these shirts. Last night I had one of these shirts on and I went to pick up my boys at a birthday party at a local establishment. And I was in there just going to pick up my boys and one of the guys who worked there stopped me and said, that is a really cool shirt. I said, great, let me tell you where I got it. You have so many opportunities to be hope in this world. Let's just, let's love our community in that way. Let's engage it like Jesus did. Join what is already happening here on a daily basis. Use the landing as a tool to unleash compassion in our community and watch what God does. My friends, we absolutely love our community. We have invested so much of our resources to loving our community. And you know what else? It hasn't been too long ago that I heard from one of the Moon Township officials. You see, when we purchased this place and we're beginning this, this, these steps here, we went to the township and we told them, we want this place to be a benefit and a blessing to the community. And not too long ago, one of the Moon officials told me, Bill, you told us that. And you know what? It has become everything you said. God is moving. And I sure hope that you jump in if you haven't already to be a part of what God is doing here, to let God love you and love others through you. We love where we live. And we want to build community that is centered around the foundation of Jesus around his love, around his hope. Jesus loves you, and he wants to share his love through you. Let's love our community together. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much because you came to us first. Lord, when we were broken, you loved us. When it seemed like we went our own way and disappointed you, you loved us. And Lord God, I pray that we may experience your love in a whole new way. And because of that, may we love this world in a way that, that blesses them and honors them and brings them to you. Lord, use us in great ways. Lord, I pray for this building. I pray for this facility. And I pray for each person within the community that is impact. That we may do everything we can to share your love and your hope with every person that we come into contact with. Lord, use us, and may we be your light. It's in your name we pray. Amen.